0: What makes the good life the good life this podcast is on a mission to find out join us for the second season of exploring the best voices and stories the heartland has to offer venture to all four corners of York County because when it comes to quality of life it's all about keeping it local brought to you by the York County Development Corporation this is 17 County season 2
1: Good day, and uh, welcome to 17 County Podcast. Uh, be sure to like, subscribe, and review this podcast. Uh, this helps us grow and uh, learn from our audience and uh, do everything we can for you all. Um, so we appreciate your support uh, and everything that comes along with that. Um, our guest today grew up in Henderson, Nebraska. She's a Heartland Huskies grad she began her journey at culinary school, which landed her a job at a tech company. Yes, a chef at a tech company. I'm excited for our conversation today. And so thank you for joining us today, Aubrey.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: Awesome. So talk to me a little bit about life growing up in, in, in Henderson and then, you know, school in, at, the, at Heartland Community Schools.
2: Well, Henderson. I'm sure many of you have visited the town. It's a very sleepy, sweet little town, one that you don't even realize is so sleepy until you've left and come back and visit. But um, yeah, I grew up in Henderson. I was the middle of three girls. Um, loved playing outside. Lots of very creative activities. My best friend and I would just come up with very random things to do in Henderson, as you know. There's not a ton to do. So
1: yeah, we create would, your own fun.
2: Oh, yeah, we would just kind of shred around town on rollerblades and lots of pool time, lots of sunburns, lots of babysitting. I was like the town babysitter way too old, way too young. I was like, oh my goodness. So, anyway, yeah, just had to, you kind of have to create your own fun in a small town, as many of you know, but I had. Um, a cookie business at one point in my, like, I think I was about 12. I was at an early age, very attracted and drawn to baking. Um, and so I had a little cookie business set up, um, ended up selling some cookies to Cornerstone for their cookie Friday here in town. So I did that for a while. Um, and other than that, I mean, we just played. Would
1: um,
2: So my mom, she, she's an artist she's like one of those people who's good at everything um and then my dad um owned like a contracting company and so he did a lot of work for um Crooker grain here in town and did like um i you know i don't really even know exactly what he did i just know he was busy a lot and built things
1: and then you were the middle child is that what you said yep
2: yep middle um, of three girls so classic middle just wants everybody to get along everybody to be okay
1: heartland uh how was heartland high school for you? Um, What was your activities? What was your involvement? What was your, I guess, what kept you busy?
2: Yeah, sure. I mean, I loved going to school at Heartland. I was very involved in the arts, not a sports girl. Um, When I I did go out for volleyball when I was in high school, but I only made it until my junior year. Um, When I was in junior high, Mrs. Regeer definitely bribed me to go out for a basketball. And I was really not wanting to go out for basketball, but she was like, Hey, I'll give you a big, huge bag of candy. And at the time, seventh grader, I was like, that is awesome. And so I went out for basketball. And then when Miss Adams wanted to put me in, she looked down and she's like, Hey, Aubrey, we got to put you in. And I was like, I just looked at her and shook my head. I'm like, no, I'm not going in. So didn't even last the first season of basketball. So not a sports person, um, participated in a lot of the musicals. Um, loved that and definitely thought maybe I'd go on to do something in theater. But Lynn Hall, he was one of my favorite teachers and still just one of my favorite people to this day really influenced me in like music and the musicals and acting and stuff. Um, I also, when I was in high school, became the, they created this job for me to be the ambassador of Heartland School. So with like teams and stuff would come for, you know, track meets or basketball games or football games they created this position for me to just welcome teams to the school and so I would show them to their locker room show the refs to like their little area to show them where the concessions were and just kind of be like this hospitality person host around the school so since I was very like young and into my high school years I just loved people and I loved making sure everybody was okay and um making sure everybody felt like they knew what was going on. And that's just like one of my favorite things to do. So it was a very strange role. And actually I didn't even remember I did that until um, I was back for the home show this year. And uh, the superintendent at the time, um, Blaine Blaine Friesen, he came up and told me that he's like, you know, I remember you were the ambassador of the school. And I just thought that was so funny that that's the thing he remembered about me, but very fitting for the role I'm in now.
1: I was just gonna say how funny life takes us uh, around.
2: Yeah, it's weird how that works. You, it, it, at the time, if somebody would have told me I'd, you know, land here this many years later, I'd be like, how does that all make sense? But now it does.
1: For sure. Um, so how did Heartland kind of prepare you then for your next kind of steps in life?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think there were definitely a lot of opportunities to, like, do, like, little baking and cooking gigs here and there. And especially beyond Heartland, just, like, being a part of a small community, that kind of um, big fish, small pond kind of thing. It just allows you to do things before you're maybe old enough to or something, specifically with like the cooking and the doing little cookie businesses and stuff. In a big city, I don't know that you'd be trusted or get traction. And so in a small town, everyone knows who you are and they're like, oh yeah, let's come on in. And so I did that. And then I also, um, when I was in high school, I was a high school teller over at Cornerstone Bank. And so I think that kind of set me up to have some business savviness and definitely be pulled toward more of like an entrepreneurial, um, kind of position. Um, I also, while I was in Henderson, um, started working for Starbucks when that came to York. So when I was in high school, I helped open that York Starbucks. And I think that got me kind of into the like the hospitality and food service world. So that just opened my eyes again to people and my love for people. And so that was to this day was, is still one of my favorite stands out as one of my favorite jobs, um, working for Starbucks in New York. I mean, I was 17 when I started there. So it was like really my first like real job with real responsibility that I had to drive to, you know? Um, so I think that really set me up to transition to culinary school and food.
1: So how did you... I guess growing up, I guess you probably knew you wanted to go to culinary school, but how did you decide upon what culinary school and everything like that? I guess people, you know, when I think of, you know, people with a dream in the Midwest, you know, sometimes you have these dreams and sometimes it dies just because there's not very much access to those types of things. And so how did you find, you know, a a culinary school that that fit kind of what Mm -hmm. you want?
2: Yeah, you know, you say, you said that you thought I probably knew that's exactly what I wanted to do at the time. I didn't know that's what I wanted to do. I was more just like, well, this is the consistent thing that I love doing at home. And eventually after years of kind of trying to figure it out after I graduated, I worked in food service and hospitality and was just kind of trying to figure out exactly where I plugged in and people, I knew I loved people and providing that for people, but, um, It really was just kind of out of convenience. I was living in Omaha at the time in 2010. I lived in Omaha and um, Metro has a really great culinary program. They have this really nice kind of like state-of-the-art facility and really great teachers and so it just yeah at Omaha. Yeah, Omaha Metro. Um, They have the culinary arts management degree and it just was there. It was affordable. Um, It was only a 30-hour credit, 30 credit hour program. Um, and it just fit what I could afford and what I could really have access to.
1: So were you living in Omaha then for that uh, program then?
2: Yeah, I lived there through that program. And again, just was working like I worked at Starbucks and man, they really like paid my way through a lot of that stuff. So um really grateful to them for that.
1: Yeah. Starbucks is a great one of those great like in between jobs if you need like some steady income to achieve a higher, you know, because they offer totally yeah tuition
2: reimbursement and um, uh, insurance at a really low hourly, um, like a weekly hourly like you can be kind of thing. yeah you can be i think you can yeah maybe 30 or even a little bit less yeah it's really neat but the program was awesome um at the time i was just so young and to go into something that structured with food was so neat but i definitely think at this point having gone through culinary school you don't have to go through culinary school if, if you just love to cook just keep cooking and keep practicing and that's how you're ultimately going to get better at it
1: yeah so just you would just say, yeah, pushing yourself on different recipes or I guess. Yeah. yeah.
2: Just practice every day. Just, I, when I worked for Thumbtack that tech company that I'll tell you about in a little minute. um, When I worked for them, this, one of the tech employees came up to me and he was like, you cut onions so fast. And I'm like, dude, if you would cut five onions every day for the, for the year, you would be super good at cutting onions by the end of it. So it's just that daily repetitive, you know,
1: that practice Training. Makes perfect. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. yeah. Um, so you, you brought it up uh, San Francisco. So how did you make your way out to San Francisco from Omaha?
2: Yeah. I always wanted to live there. Even as a kid, I always wanted to live in California. I would see like beach scenes and just, I kind of knew, okay, I'm going to end up there at one point. And so I sort of ended up there out of luck Um, had a family friend who had a house just outside of San Francisco in Marin County. And so I got a connection with them and I um, ended up just kind of a, a lot of other life things lined up to work out where I was I could just go out there and live with her for free for a little bit and try to figure it out.
1: Were you um, in, were you in San Francisco or were you like on the Oakland side? Um,
2: well, I've, I kind of dabbled in all of those places as you okay. have to, if you've ever lived in the Bay Area, all my Bay Area people, you know this, it's like you have to just do what you have to do and a lot of, you get kicked out of a lot of houses because some developer comes in and kicks out all the tenants and you're like, you have one month to find somewhere affordable to live. So that was ultimately, that was one of the things that pushed me out, just the constant battle of like trying to make your life work there. But um, yeah, so I landed in San Francisco, lived in Marin County for a while. And then after a couple months, um, moved down into San Francisco and lived kind of all over Lived on by the beach for a while, lived in the Mission, which is just like a very happening, cool, techy area. I just, yeah, kind of lived all over wherever I could make it work. And um, I uh, went to a dinner party. I'm very pro, like, you kind of make your own luck. I don't think people just get super lucky. It's like, it's constantly letting people know what you're looking for, what you're trying to do. It's just constantly connecting and telling people and listening and all those things. But I went to this uh, dinner party of a friend I had just made there and she said, yeah, you should come over. It's going to be a really neat group of people. And so I didn't really want to go. And I remember having that feeling like, I had worked all week and I was just like, I am kind of over people, but I just pushed myself to go. And I'm super glad I did because I ended up meeting one of the co-founders of Thumbtack, which is where I ultimately ended up working. So he kind of pitched me this idea and he's like, we're thinking of hiring a chef to come in and cook for all of our employees. Um, And at the time they only had 15 employees. And so it was pretty small um, so I, he invited me to come in and do like an Iron Chef kind of demo, week-long trial in the office. So I, I mean, coming from the Midwest where the weather is crappy or just changes on you a lot. Um, yeah, consistent. Um, but I, he was like, yeah, you can just go and shop at the farmer's market before you come in just down the block and come and walk to work. So it was just like this idyllic setting. And so I went in and the office that they were in at the time was a um, an old photos. St- it was like an apartment, but it was also a photography studio. So the um, kitchen was up on a platform. And so I came in and it, I felt like I was on display sort of cooking for these people. And again, there are only 15 people there, but immediately I just connected with them. and come to find out many of them, like a lot of the co-founders and executives at the time were um, from the Midwest kind of sprinkled all over and it just felt very familiar. I just felt like, I don't know, I just felt very connected to, to them right away. And so I ended up accepting a position with Thumbtack and kind of overnight, they raised a big round of funding and the CEO was like, all right, we have have to grow your kitchen. If you're interested in keeping this up, um, you know, at Thumbtack or in uh, San Francisco, you have to really keep up the smaller tech companies have to compete with Google and Facebook and all of these really big companies to acquire and attract talent. And so having an in-house chef is a really great way to do that because 20 some year old people don't love cooking for themselves. I mean, when's the last time you, what's that?
1: I mean, yeah, if you can include my meals, if I, you know, not only will I show up to work early to probably get breakfast, I'll yep. probably sit around late to have dinner, oh, and, yeah. especially if it's good yep. uh, and it's included in my wages. And so I'm not oh, yeah. shopping and I'm not having to spend two hours cooking and doing dishes and all that other fun stuff. Oh, yeah. It's it it's a huge
2: perk. Huge perk and like a real sneaky way to get you to stay at work all day, which just kind of create, I mean, you, you stay there all day. You have these bonds with these people. You feel like family. I mean, a lot of people there called me mobs. Because it's like mom, Aubrey, mobs. So that's just what it was. I mean, it's like, when's the last time someone cooked for you your whole life? It's when your mom did that for you. I mean, so many of these people are like, this is the best perk ever. So to have food made in house by someone who was trained, I mean, it's uh, it was a pretty special perk. And so we kept that food pr- program going, and it's actually, it's a little sad right now. They just had to lay off um, like 250 people at Thumbtack. So that was one of the first programs that had to get modified a little bit. But up until a few months ago, that program was still going very strong. Um, and at the time that I left, uh, we were cooking for about um, just under 400 people. So about 375 while trying to still sit keep the integrity of the food and cook everything from scratch and use local farmers. And that was something that I was really passionate about was just making sure that I was supporting all these local farmers, having come from Nebraska, a place where, you know, I grew up near cornfields and farmers. That was my whole community.
1: So were you cooking breakfast, lunch, and dinner then?
2: Yeah. I mean, I, you know, at the time that I was, there for four years yeah Yeah, I wasn't physically doing it but we had a team of 15 people there between cooks and dishwashers yeah and we were doing breakfast lunch and dinner and I mean beyond that like there was a beer program there was a kombucha program there was iced coffee on tap I mean it was just like everything you can think of a snack program it was looking back on it it was I mean it's like a dream world out there it's a dreamland
1: it really is I mean it's it's very interesting all the different things that, yeah, they're doing out there um, to try and attract talent and retain talent and keep people with organizations. Yeah. Cause like you said, it is so competitive um, and everything. Yeah. So, yeah. To keep those people as long as you can. I mean, every little edge matters. Totally. Um, so you've, you've talked a little bit about Thumbtack. Can you uh, maybe share what that company is? Cause maybe yeah. you, from what I've learned from it, it looked like you kind of benefited Um, from the company as well from like on a, even on a a business, you know, personal level. Totally.
2: Yeah. I mean, there are many reasons. So Thumbtack is a local services platform that connects service professionals to customers. So within zip code. So if you need, um, if you need a plumber, if you want a massage or any kind of service professional, you type your zip code in and then Thumbtack would match you with bidding professionals. For your job. Um, so it's a great idea. And obviously right now, the time that we're in, that definitely has taken an impact just because all of small business has. But I benefited hugely from working at Thumbtack, not only just the, the benefits of working for a tech company, having come from the hospitality and food industry where it's really hard to find good benefits and good hours, just working for Thumbtack was the best job. And I just had great, the executives there were great, but um, I also, after I left Thumbtack, set up my own Thumbtack profile and was able, when I was transitioning from there to Nebraska, was able to set up a profile. And it's super easy to be connected with people who are looking for exactly what you have, you know, like a catering gig or a wedding or something like that. Um, It just connects you to people who want your services.
1: So what was kind of the... um your most challenging, you know, time there at, at Thumbtack, and you know, what was um, those struggles, yeah. I guess, you had through, through that position?
2: Yeah, I think it was physically challenging. I mean, cooking is always physically challenging, and then just, I think, the learning how to manage people was challenging um, when it was a really early, stage company there wasn't a lot of leadership that could like help me develop and I was just a little baby too and so unfortunately that's the best way you learn is by messing up and so I feel like I really learned how to manage people by failing a lot unfortunately and got it got a lot better but as Thumbtack grew the training opportunities and development obviously grew as well but I would say the cha- the most challenging part was um, the relationships that suffered because I wasn't as good of a manager as I should be yet.
1: Yeah, no, that you, I mean, you meant, you brought up a really good point. You know, you're going to do a lot of things and um, you're not necessarily going to do them perfectly, especially as you're moving up your, your career path. And so one of the things I've always heard is if you're going to fail, fail upwards. And so mm-hmm. try, try and make that a, a good experience. And so yep. no, that's good and, to do that.
2: Yeah. And I think I just, I got better at saying I'm sorry quicker and I'm sorry with no buts. And I did, not I tried. And I think asking for help, everybody's bad at asking for help, but just becoming okay with asking for help and saying, I don't know, those things were really challenging in the time, but have really helped me later on in life.
1: Certainly. So what was kind of the most rewarding part then about working with Thumbtack? What did you enjoy most about that?
2: Developing people. I think just seeing how, like, my, my staff, so I had 15 staff, just seeing how they benefited from working for a tech company. Most of them had come out of hard, you know, hard uh, restaurant jobs or whatever, and to be set up with unlimited paid time off, benefits, um, growth and development opportunities, learning opportunities, and just to be connected to such a, like, just a really neat company that cared about their employees, especially at the time that I was there. It was a really neat thing just to see people grow and to be able to provide like a healthy and delicious meal for people and them get into weird things like Brussels sprouts that they always hated. And, you know, just when someone comes up to you and they're like, man, I thought I hated this and it was so good. Or this reminds me of something my mom made. So that was really rewarding. And also um, having been in the Midwest and you know we have casseroles here, they don't have casserole. They had never heard of tater tot casserole or monster cookies. And so these were two things that really became super popular while I was there. On my last week of work, I asked what things they wanted to see on the menu and those were two things on the menu. And I just thought that was hilarious.
1: <laughs> that is really funny, yeah. Casseroles, man. <laughs> I that. know.
2: It's like, I've had my fill, but they, to them, it was just like blew their minds.
1: That That's awesome. What was the decision to finally, ultimately step away from Thumbtack and make a change?
2: Well, I think I was ready to make food a little bit more of a hobby. At that point, it had just kind of run its course with me after doing it for quite a few years and pretty, and in a pretty intense place. Um, so that was one motivation. Um, I have nieces and nephews out here in Nebraska, and every time I come back to visit them, I just felt like they had grown up so much and changed way too much, and I didn't know about it, and I needed to be there to see more of what was happening, and so that was another huge motivator, but like I said earlier, it's super expensive to live there, and it just feels like it is trying to kick you out all the time, San Francisco. It's like parking tickets are 85-plus dollars for one parking ticket. When I first got to Omaha, I ticket. laughed so hard. Yeah, well, per ticket. <laughs> I laughed so hard because I am notorious for not paying my meter. I just forget. I get excited about park, where I'm going, and I just go. Yeah. And I got um, to Omaha, and I, of course, got a parking ticket. So I'm like, oh, man, I got a parking ticket as I'm walking up to my car, and I pulled it off, and it's like just a parking warning ticket. I It blew my mind. I laughed, and I was just like, this is why I have moved back here. <laughs>
1: They give out warnings.
2: <laughs> oh my gosh! I just thought this is the nicest place to live. They they knew me. They knew she probably just forgot.
1: I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah, getting into a meter and then I think that's yeah, the small town. You know, you just forget. Oh that, yeah. Oh yeah. Those things exist. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Um. So moving back to Omaha, what was the decision? Did you was it Omaha? Was it Lincoln? Were you? Were yeah. you on Omaha.
2: Well, I I ended up in Omaha. I came and lived with my sister for a couple months just to, like, spend some time with her three kids, and she lives in Henderson, so I came and spent some time here, and it was just, every time I come to Henderson, especially after living in San Francisco, it just feels like I'm at a spa, there's no problems, everything's easy, there's no traffic, you can walk everywhere, it's just, like, so relaxing, And so I just wanted and needed to just be in a quiet place for a little while. And so came back here and then um, decided to move back, move out to Omaha. I had another sister living out there. So I ended up getting a really great place to live out there and Um, At that point I was still doing some consulting for Thumbtack. So they have an office in Salt Lake City as well and that office has a food program but they were looking to change it a little bit. So it was great because I was able to do remote work here and then just I would go out to Salt Lake City like once a month or once every couple weeks which was really fun at the time. Um, So I did that for a while and once that project wrapped up I thought I might be able to just make that my gig and just do restaurant consulting but I wasn't able to find enough work within such a specific sector, the tech food that sector, niche. which is, yeah, it's so niche. And I'm like, you know, on, at some point, I'd love to get back into doing that on the side, but it's just the work isn't consistent enough to do that. So um, moved to Omaha and participated in, I've like done a lot of guest chef things there. I, um, partnered with a coffee shop and did their um, food menu uh, archetype is the coffee shop so it's a really great coffee shop but I helped them build their um, food program um, just kind of did what I needed to do and then also got a job cooking privately for a family in Omaha so I would do private dinners for them and weekly dinners for them.
1: Perfect um, so you were mentioning the, the pop-up events um, what kind of I guess Were you like reaching out to different businesses to do like um, big events or were they like small, like 15 people crowds or...
2: They were kind of somewhere in the middle. Um, they were, I did a couple at archetype and so did like a couple brunch pop-ups. And it, for those of you who don't know what a pop-up is, it's just like a takeover of a restaurant, essentially, maybe during hours they're usually closed or on a day that they're usually closed, but it's a way for the business to make money. And it's also a way for, um, little, little ones starting out to kind of get some traction and advertising. And so, um, I did them at Archetype. I also have uh, done some work with a gal in Omaha who owns a, or who runs a dinner series called Dwell Dinner, um, which is essentially a gathering of strangers who gather at a, some location and have, all share a meal together. And it's just an interesting way to meet people, and over food is the best way to do that. So, really neat dinner series if you're looking for something fun to do in Omaha. I recommend checking that out. What was that again? It's called Dwell Dinner. Dwell Dinner? Yeah. Hmm,
1: never heard of that. Yeah, that that sounds fun. I mean, I've always said my favorite thing is just, especially if it's a good meal, I could sit at a dinner table for three hours as long as it's a good meal and good conversation. I mean, why would I want to go anywhere else?
2: Yeah, and it definitely, especially if you're doing it with strangers, I feel like it takes the awkwardness away a little bit because immediately you have this thing to connect over. Immediately you're like, okay, we are both eating steak. So if I can't think of anything to talk about, I can say this steak is really good. And then they will say, yeah, I agree. And then your conversation has started. So I think food is just the best way to meet new people and connect, like have something to connect over automatically.
1: No, that's yeah. No, I totally agree. I mean, I can just think of any. I mean, just this is a little anecdotal thing of that, but I mean, anytime you have local small town events, you have to have food. In order to yeah, get people it's to true. Kind
2: of well, and it's food. it's a um, food's emotional, and so it like you. I don't know. I just, of course, I love food. I worked in it for so what long. You, you can probably so have a
1: thousand <laughs> comments, yeah. About oh man, food.
2: yes, that could be started.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. And
2: and I mean, Henderson has such a rich food heritage that. That was obviously another reason. I was like, "Yeah, I want to live in Henderson. They have like food heritage."
1: Yeah, we'll get into some of that. Yeah, here. we'll get into some uh, of that. So, back to back to Henderson uh, mm-hmm. now. So you've been in your role for three four um, months.
2: Yeah, like two, two.
1: two. So okay.
2: pretty much the. The second week that I started, or no, maybe it was the, yeah, it was the second week I started here, we had to lock the doors because of coronavirus, so it's definitely been a weird time.
1: (laughs) Um, So you touched on a little bit about why you already came back. It was for that, to be back home, be closer (laughs) to family, that um, not necessarily slower pace of life because we all are busy here, but um, just less things going on around us. But um, so what have been some of the challenges that you have um, maybe experience so far in your position? Obviously, the obvious, but what are some of you other ones?
2: Yeah, I mean, the obvious giant elephant in the room is all this pandemic that we didn't anticipate seeing, but I don't really want to just dwell on that. I think that just adjusting to the pace of life and being okay with how much time I have in my day now is really good. I mean, if you think about like for even in Omaha, the time that you spend in the car and the like commuting with traffic and all these things, all of those things are eliminated. I work or I live two blocks from work and so I walk to work, so okay. I now have 30 more minutes in my day. And then the commute home, I now have 30 more minutes in my day. The grocery store is only two minutes away. You know, it's just, everything is shrunk down. So immediately you just have all this time. And yes, I, I do believe we're all so busy and we're also busy, but there's something about just being in a place that is super sleepy and shuts down right about five o'clock. It's for me, that's like, that is definitely the season of life I'm in. And I, I, I don't think at all stages of my life, I would have been okay with that. But having experienced the other extreme of constant stimulation and constant noise and constant people to come to this is like, it just feels like the right place to be for me right now. I also think another one other challenge um, is like, trying to figure out how to be intentional about respecting the rich heritage of this place and these traditions and also bring new things in for the younger people and and like balancing those two because they're very different and they both have very different expectations and very different the range of age here and trying to keep everybody happy I think that's like that's something I didn't think about before which is like how do we keep doing things the same but also do things new so that everybody feels safe
1: Yes. How do you keep your new family, your young family that's, you know, 27, 28, uh, just as involved as the older family that's 58, Mm -hmm. 59? Yep. And how
2: do, yeah. And how does everybody see the information that I'm putting out there and does everybody care about it? And does, you know, all the things that you can think about being alone in your office right now. I mean, I'm like, I cannot wait until I can go places again because I need that kind of bouncing off of information. But, um, think those are the big that's one of the biggest challenges I think.
1: Um, what has been some maybe unforeseen um, some unforeseen challenges other than the COVID?
2: Yeah other than the COVID I know that's a really easy answer right now I'm sure that's everybody's taking that one I've, I definitely when I was looking through the questions I'm like I'll probably just say COVID that's an easy answer but I think another big well I mean uh, a result of COVID is just that this chamber position, it's such a people-facing position, and you run into people when you're getting the mail, and you run into someone when you're at the bank, and those are activities that are I'm not doing right now, and people aren't doing in general, so I think just the general connection that happens just in living life together, that isn't happening, and so I just, I have to be a lot more diligent about scheduling Zoom meetings with people I know I want to have coffee with, even if it's not just a coffee right here. So I think that is something that I have had to be a lot more diligent in doing.
1: Yeah, you have to definitely act with much more intention during these times instead of yes. just, oh, I, can, I know I'll bump into that person and I'll be able to have that conversation. Yeah. So what are you looking forward to most then with this position? What are, what are some highlights that you've kind of already identified? Well,
2: community days, obviously that's the big thing. I'm really excited to plan community days and I'll, I'll be really happy when there's a little bit more of a, when I feel a little more certain as to what things can happen this year, but that is such a important part of Henderson. I mean, I, I would come back for it every year. I know tons of the people I grew up with come back every year, which is just so crazy to me. That doesn't happen in a lot of small towns where people come back for these events, but it's, because Henderson has been so supportive of community days and every small business has given and donated money to put towards this activity. So you know, it's always going to happen every year. It's like, it's going to get planned. It's going to get planned. And people look so forward to that. So I do know that, you know, even if it doesn't look exactly the same as last year or the year before, we'll still try to do something and as much as we can, because it's a really important thing for the community.
1: Definitely. Yeah. I know it'll be great to have that because it was very unfortunate that you had to cancel Smorgasbord. I know. Have you 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 been? I don't know. So what is Smorgasbord?
2: Oh my goodness. Okay. (laughs) Wow. I don't even know. I don't even know. It's such a part of who I am. Well, Smorgasbord is a band fundraiser here at the school. They have it every year and there's a concert that follows. Um, But I'm not even from Henderson. From i mean, I—I I was born and raised here, so I'm from Henderson. But my family is not from here, and so I don't have as deep of roots as of some of the people here in town. But um, traditional German food is served at Smorgasbord. So you go eat in the gym, and they set up. I mean, I think they serve. I mean, they serve thousands of meals. I want to say three or four thousand meals um, within a pretty short span of time. But it's a traditional German meal, so it's Verenica, which is essentially like. It's sort of like a pierogi if you know what that is it's like a noodle that's stuffed with ricotta um, and black pepper and there's a ham cream gravy that goes over the top of it it is so good i mean my mouth is watering it's you can either get it fried or you can get it boiled and i personally like it boiled but there's a lot i'm gonna get some flack for that because some people eat it fried with jelly on it i mean there's all these ways to do it but that's not that that's the main shining that's the shining star of smorgasbord but there's also homemade rolls the two bakes, the zwieback um there's apple Parishka, which is just like a little um, apple hand pie dessert i can't believe you have not had these things i am just dang <laughs> i think there's still some for sale at the henderson school at uh, heartland school if you want to buy some I
1: should, yeah i should definitely come on over yeah
2: yeah, that was a huge bummer that that had to get canceled. I was really looking forward to it. And people from even outside of the community come. It's a it's a big thing. People look forward to it. And you probably should only eat it once a year. I mean, it can't be. It's definitely not like the most healthy meal, but it's good, your,
0: yeah. Yeah,
2: it's good for your soul, which is good for something.
1: <laughs> the good meals, yes. Um, so what are some other projects that you're wanting to kind of take on? You mentioned you're wanting to... Um, you know, serve the different populations. So what are some maybe new events or projects that you're wanting to maybe think about?
2: Yeah, so I, I mean, to be totally honest, I haven't even, I haven't tried to tackle that yet because Kelsey who was the previous director, she was in this position for 12 years and she did a really good job over those 12 years of like slowly building things up. So my goal this year was just like, keep everything the same, see how that runs before I decide I'm gonna add in all these things. Um, Kelsey had started uh, Women in Business last year, which is a, that's been really fun. I've actually, I was a little nervous to take that on, but um, it's been really neat to connect with local women in town who are in you know, different, different, all different kinds of businesses and different positions. And um, so I've really enjoyed doing that. And I've changed the the format a little bit um, from what Kelsey had, but I'm really just trying to stick with what she had because she had so many things going and she did such a good job with it that I don't want to just uproot anything yet, especially with everything that has happened this year. Um, So that's my, my plan is to keep things the same this year and see maybe next year what i could change or what i didn't like about that
1: so what's it like what's it like been back in town for these last few months
2: i mean i keep saying this but it is just so sleepy in the best way possible it's just the same people are out walking on their same little route it feels like mayberry and i know as growing up here i didn't feel that way but man it's just such a welcomed change this is like very silly but the smells are the same here and it's so nostalgic so I'll be walking and I'll just have these like moments of like wow smells just like Henderson here and anyone from Henderson knows exactly what I'm talking about because if the wind blows wrong there is some funky smells coming from the south side of town just saying (laughs) but it's but it's so nostalgic to me so it's it feels like home um so that's that is what is that's what's the same for me and everyone remembers, remembers me. And just, I remember every, it's like nothing ever changed. It's like I left and did all these things and learned all these things, but things here just kind of just stayed the same. So I'm I'm really happy about that.
1: What's, what's been different. What was the first thing you noticed when you got back to Henderson about, wow, th- that changed.
2: I feel like my perspectives kind of changed or something where it's like growing up here, there's a huge slide in the park. And when I was a kid, to me, that park was huge. You know, it was just like, whoa, this is the biggest slide. And now when I walk by it, it's like, oh, it's kind of a small slide. It's just a slide. So I think perspectives changed. Um, I know also there's just, it feels like there's so many more young people that live here now. Um, When I was little, it felt like everyone was old. And now I'm like, man, there's like tons of people my age here and tons of kids. And so it feels like there's a ton of life, which is so, Encouraging
1: to me, for sure. Yeah, um there's a lot of great, you know, young professionals in that area. I know I had Luke Fochman. Uh, oh yeah. On, and yeah, he's he's a phenomenal person. He is. Oh yeah. He is great. He, I've known him for so long that I don't think I want to share some of those stories. Uh,
2: wait, why do you know Luke? <laughs> uh
1: We grew. I mean, he went to Heartland, and so we kind of uh, crossed paths. Did you
2: go to Heartland? I went to York. Okay. So, okay. Yeah.
1: Uh, I went to York, and so we had a cross-pass at the county fair and stuff like that. Okay.
2: Oh yeah, he's a good dude. He's such a nice guy. Yeah, Yeah. such a nice guy. But I'm hoping that, I don't know, I hope that young people keep moving back and as more tech moves into the community that that retains some of the talent here because there's really smart, capable people coming from here who, like myself, probably want to go experience a city and what that has to offer, but I just coming back to it now I'm like Henderson has so much to offer and this is such a special place.
1: Yeah I immediately think of Ben Mohorn when you say that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just yeah totally. I had, him, I had him on also for our first season and that kid has so much potential I'm excited to see. Oh that. my
2: gosh yeah. Um.
1: Mm-hmm. So COVID-19 we'll touch on it um, here okay. to kind of round out everything. So what's been the Henderson response um you know, to everything going on?
2: Um, I feel like it's been really pretty serious. Like Henderson's been taking it pretty seriously. The grocery store um, is handing, you know, if you go into the grocery store, you have to wear a mask. The rules are pretty tight. They're only like letting a certain number of people in there. A lot of the businesses are by appointment only. Um, all the, the hair salons are shut down. I mean, with that recent um, change there, but I feel happy that people are taking it seriously and taking precautions. Um, I know when it kind of closed in on York County when it started spreading around here. I think people were like, "Oh, it's actually, it's actually going to come for us." I think living in a small town, yeah, sometimes you can think you're exempt from things happening to you. But once it started coming closer, I, I feel like people have taken it more seriously, and I, that's good to see. Um, I know it's definitely made, you know, the the old the old guys who go have coffee together, thats it's been really hard for them because that's their therapy, <laughs> hanging out with their pals. And so it's its really sad to see some of those things that have to be on pause right now. But I think everyone for the most part is under the impression that if we just kind of stick it out, we'll be able to do it again soon. So, but everyone's pretty active around here and there's plenty of space where you can wave from across the, across the way to people. But I feel like overall people have been taking it pretty seriously.
1: And you've been able to get information out, you feel like, effectively to everyone? In yeah,
2: the I mean, for the most part, yeah, I, I've just been trying to stay up to date on, you know, new legislation and all the, all of the new stuff that comes out for the SBA loans, and just trying to stay up to date on information so that when I do get calls, I can just be somewhat knowledgeable, but it, it's changed, it, it has changed so much, and it feels like it's kind of leveling off where things aren't, changing quite as much but there's a lot of emails every day that are very COVID related and so I've just been trying to stay up to date on that stuff for the people who do need information on that and I mean YCDC and Four Corners have been so helpful so a lot of times I'll just share their information and that's been a really great resource.
1: Yeah it's been um, it's been tough to make sure to get information out in a consistent way and, um, and with it changing ever so frequently uh, making sure that you always have the most accurate information available. Mm-hmm. Um, like I know, just yesterday they replenished the payment protection plan. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, yeah, uh,
2: paycheck yep. protection plan.
1: Yeah. So um, businesses are going to be able to, you know, if you didn't get around in that first round of funding, there's yeah money available. So yeah, 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 just stuff
2: to- like that. It's good to know because I mean. S- Henderson word travels so fast that I know if I have the accurate information everybody else is going to f- know the accurate information but it does change so often that keeping up to date on that's really important.
1: Yeah it is it is tough yeah. Uh, so Henderson moving forward what kind of plans do you all have with like I mean I don't know if um, any summer events coming up or anything like that but what is Henderson look yeah. like over the next I mean a lot of this obviously is going to be to be determined mm-hmm. over the next couple of weeks, but you know, what are you kind of planning right now for uh, the summer and the future?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I've definitely just been trying to talk to other chambers and see what they're doing so that I can give some kind of answer towards this stuff, but definitely the farmer's market is happening. Um, it's gonna look a little more spread out and it'll have to be a little more closely monitored and we're gonna have to suffer through wearing masks during July, August in Nebraska, which is going to be horrible, but it'll, you know, it'll be fine. I, I still want it to happen. People still want it to happen. I hope that because of all this, it makes the turnout rate a little bit more because people are just dying to get out and do something. And so the farmer's market's going to be happening. And that's the, that starts June two And it goes until August 4th. I believe I should double check myself. Yeah. Um, And it's every Tuesday night. Um is that is August 4th a Tuesday? Yes. And it goes every Tuesday night from five to seven in the downtown park here. So I did I just sent out all my emails to all the vendors. So it looks like we'll have at least seven to start. Um and every Tuesday there'll be a meal provided there. So not again, not sure exactly what that'll look like. Like maybe it will need to be boxed up and ready to go so that there's not a lot of waiting around for that meal. So I think there are things that may look a little bit different once we know, once that date approaches. Um, as far as community days go we'll see even if even if the parade has to be called off i think we're talking about doing maybe something in september august later on if if we can't do it
1: when is uh community days again that's
2: it's the 10th through the 12th july 10th through 12th okay yeah so we got a little time still but we just we'll see what happens with all of that
1: um does henderson do a big community event for the fourth of july as well
2: that's our community days is kind of wrapped into that so the fireworks the fireworks will definitely be happening um still because that can be done with social distance i mean you can stay at your house and watch them which is great so i think that'll be a little bright spot even if community days looks a little bit different but there's so many there's so many people in this town who want to volunteer and who want to help that i'm just blown away and really encouraged that we can pull off something in a small amount of time and that's one of the really great things about living in a small town I think is just all of the people who want their town to be fun and neat and have cool things come through and so I've been just blown away with how many volunteers I've people have just reached out to me saying like if you need any help or if you need this or that I'm here so that's been
1: awesome no doubt yeah it's great to have I mean it certainly makes your job so much more easier when you have all these people that are like oh can I help with this can I help with this instead of it's like trying to find all these different volunteers yeah. in. and so when oh, people yeah. are banging on your doors it's it's so much easier.
2: I've definitely been texting my friends and I'm like, "Hey, can I text your mom? What's your mom's number? I want to be, I want her to volunteer." <laughs> 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 definitely using that skill.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah calling on those old networks. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Some rapid fire question, questions Kay. for you real quick. So Okay. Rapid fire. What is your go-to restaurant in York County?
2: Oh no. Um, I've just moved back a couple months ago. So let me think about this. I mean, okay. The onion rings at chances are, come on. I've come <laughs> back for those all the time. They're ranch. They're ranch, ranch. There is something wrong, like in a good way. It's like there's something wrong with that in the best way possible. Why is it so good?
1: This ranch is too delicious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so go-to meal then I'm imagining a chances are meal is a go to mm. or is a to,
2: my way? my go to meal is very boring but I'll share it with you. It's just like a whole roasted chicken, mashed potatoes, gravy and like green beans or broccoli. Just like traditional, like roasted chicken is my good roasted chicken is my go to meal.
1: What's your favorite book that you've read either recently or all time? Is there a a favorite mm. or even an audio book? Yeah. Um,
2: I mean, okay, I love poetry. So, my favorite book of all time it's a mary oliver book she's a poet and she does a lot of poetry on like nature so mary oliver check her out she's great oh that and okay i'm gonna i'm having to um when i've I've been reading a lot of wendell berry right now because he was a poet and uh, he was a author and farmer and poet and he um, was real big in the 70s, but a lot of what he writes about is so pertinent to now, and especially with all this COVID stuff going on. So he just has a really beautiful way of writing and making me feel hopeful about the time that we're in.
1: Okay, I'll check out Wendell. I need some optimism though. Yeah. yeah. So yes. I'll definitely have to check that out. And then these last two questions, um, with it being the NFL draft, um, oh, gosh. We have some interesting questions that GMs have been at asking their draftees. So. Okay. First one, you've been given an elephant and all the supplies that you need to take care of it for the rest of its life. Yeah. You can't give it away and you can't sell it. What do you do with that elephant for its rest of its life?
2: I make it my ride. Oh. It's like I'm Magic. selling my Subaru. <laughs> I'm selling my Subaru and I am making it my ride. Free gas. Lots of attention.
1: All wheel drive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I bet you could get around. Easy
2: snow. to find. Never lose it.
1: Uh, and then if you could describe yourself as any household appliance, what appliance would that be?
2: Probably vacuum cleaner. (gasps) I don't know why. I mean, suck the life out of you. I don't know. Like I back, I don't know. Vacuum cleaner for whatever reason. I'm a vacuum cleaner.
1: Right on. Perfect. Um, and then do you have anything you want to leave us with?
2: I'm just really glad to be back in Henderson and everyone I meet on the street is like, this is such a weird time. We're so sorry that you're here right now. Sorry that you started your job this way, but nobody could have seen this happening. And I think there have been silver linings in the fact that I started when I did because I've had an opportunity to just kind of look at what systems are in place and like learn how Kelsey did things for so long here and really get familiar with that. So in a way, it's been kind of a blessing in disguise, but um, I'm just really happy to be here and I want people to know they can once all this is over they can literally stop by drop by any time I would love to know what's going on with their business what they need from me and I think that's how I'm going to be successful in my job is by just knowing what the community's needs are and I just always want to talk to you so drop by any time.
1: Awesome. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, once again, thank you Tara, for oh, taking Oh, yeah, care of your day for sure. Yeah you know, as the Henderson chamber director, um, you have, you know, a lot of responsibility with, you know, keeping Henderson going and, um, making sure the best of everything going on and everything. So, um, yeah. but we appreciate well, I'm everything. Trying. Of- yeah. The There's a program. lot of
2: things that I'm like, man, I didn't know. Okay. I have to do that. You know, just, I'm learning. I wanted to learn a new skill set and I wanted to learn new things. So that is coming at me.
1: No, no doubt. It's good. that This challenge is you and there's no bad, yeah. better for it so
2: well thanks i really want to come to york once all this crap's over i want to come to york and i want to like see your guys office i told madonna and lisa i'm like i just really want to <laughs> see what's going on there
1: so no it'd be great yeah so whenever. okay bye
2: cool
0: this is 17 county A new podcast brought to you by the York County Development Corporation in Nebraska. For more information about life and opportunity in the heartland, visit yorkdevco.com. Come grow with us. And if you liked this episode, be sure to rate and review 17 County on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen.